What's up? Hello. Everybody. What's going on? Hey, Lily. Hi, Karina. How are you? I'm good. We, um, we're chilling. We're sitting on Lily's couch. We got a little bubbly. I the just, bubbly. I just choked for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Still in my throat. Uh, we got roasted by our sound guy. Yep, yep. It's been a good day. We're starting off right. Yeah, doing it good. It's been rainy and gloomy, which I feel like fits. It really does. Honestly, um, many thoughts on this movie. Yes. Okay, so Lily, do you want to introduce what movie we're doing this week? Yes. Oh, wait. Well, before we do that. Oh, Hi, we're Rotten Peaches. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. You didn't already know? <laughs> yes, I know we were talking about, do we still need to do introductions? But I think, you know, people are jumping in at any time. Yeah, so. this is our 10th episode now. You know, if you don't know who we are, uh, Instagram page, hop on over to another episode. We're the legendary Rotten Peaches. Yes. How do you not know us? We're famous. <laughs> well, we caused Scott Pilgrim to come back into the movie theaters. Seriously. We did that. Absolutely. <laughs> I have to burp. <laughs> okay. Um, So, now, to answer your question, though, what movie did we do this week? Mm -hmm. We did Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Did I say that correctly? Yes, ma'am. It's a long title. Yes. 2004. Yes. And you had never seen it, that's correct? I have never heard of it. Right. Okay. This was like, um, I would say I watched the first time I watched it in high school, and I hadn't seen it until now for doing the the podcast. Yeah, it's, I'm going to repeat it just because I feel like I... Like, like it went mm-hmm. it, i just like said it all together for anybody who just like was like what the hell did i just say it's the movie title is called an eternal sunshine of a spotless mind yes ma'am that's it that's you said it right yes 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 i just feel like i like talked really fast <laughs> yes <laughs> no i feel you yeah so i feel like this is either like lily said a movie that you know and love or maybe had never heard of before i guess that's all movies right honestly <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just had such a, I remember watching this in high school and making such a freaking huge impression in my brain, in my brain, in my brain. Um, cause I'd never seen anything like this at all, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it just like the way that it was filmed and like visually was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like peak 2000s indie movie. Cause we had like Little Miss Sunshine, Garden State, 500 Days of Summer, mm-hmm. like all these movies were coming out and all just like moody with cool soundtracks and let's jump in for those who have never uh heard of the movie before yeah this was directed by michael gondry i'm gonna ruin everybody's last name oh god i don't <laughs> let me let me pull up the name he's as french well. oh okay michael gondry <laughs> that one's actually french <laughs> um he is actually a music video director kind of like our boy mcgee from Charlie's Angels. Yes, yeah, we're seeing a uh, pattern here yes. at Ron Peaches. Trend alert. Um, but he did Be Kind Rewind, which was like another indie film that's also a fun one. And then the original screen uh, writer for this was Charlie Kaufman, who helped create the idea. And he's responsible for other, you know, notable movies like Being John Malkovich, which is a really good one, too. Um, but actually, they wanted this movie. They've had it, like, written in the idea since 1998. Wow. Yeah, they just, like, needed someone to take a chance on them to help produce the film. Um, so the name, it's lengthy, but it, we, when you watch the movie, you learn that it comes from an Alexander Pope quote, which mm-hmm. is... <laughs> I don't do poetry. I tried to read it. It's complicated. Um, I, I essentially found it as, like, ignorance is bliss. Like, yes. happy forgetting the world, and the world is forgetting them. Yes, that is, is what true. I got from that. I briefly wanted to be, like, a, a poetry 
poetry bitch, but I, I couldn't Snaps. do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm just like, I, I, I read Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> on paper, love poetry. Poetry slam. Mm-hmm. Cringe. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. It hurts me. My thing is, it's like, if you're going to write me a poem, just like write me a song. Yeah. You Put know? some music with Yeah, it. exactly. Although, I remember in high school, one one of my, uh, the guy I was seeing in high school tried to serenade me with the, like a, or like a electric guitar. And oh I was, that was the awkwardest thing. Most awkward thing. Was it ever. bad? Yeah. And you just had to sit there and pretend you liked it. I was just it. like, oh my God, you're, you're so great. <laughs> he pulled a Las Mañanitas on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this movie has a pretty good cast that I remember. Yes, yes. We, we have Jim Carrey, who like, only has a handful of pretty serious movies because he had done already, I think, like Ace Ventura and The Mask and like pretty pretty wacky, funny movies. And then you have Kate Winslet. We have Kirsten Dunst. Lily's favorite, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I love that man. <laughs> the whole time she was like, I love his hair. He looks like an anime character. He does. I don't know. I have... Up until recently, really recently, I had a very huge crush on Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Which version? Hulked out? Yeah, like Avengers. <laughs> In I'm shorts. So, yeah, Avengers, Avengers Mark Ruffalo is my favorite. I remember when I, I first saw him, though, in 13 Going on 30. That's that's my number one. And I was like, you annoyed. Mm-hmm. But then when, and then in uh, Avengers, I was like, okay, you nerd. Yes. She's into the nerdies. Yeah. Um, okay, so we also have Marky Mark Ruffalo. We have Elijah Wood with a disgusting soul patch. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Notably, I hated it. Um, and then David Cross, Tobias Funke, who oh, yes! um, Lily called... Jebediah. Jebediah. <laughs> <laughs> Some Amish... His Amish brother <laughs> counterpart. Um, so this movie is pretty hard to describe to a friend or like if you're, if you're going back and trying to let people know what this film is about, but I'm going to do my best here. You got this. Okay. So Eternal Sunshine is about a love story in reverse. We follow Clementine seeking a procedure to erase the memories of her past boyfriend, Joel. And in reaction, Joel seeks to do the same and realizes that the pain of his memories is worth the love he found in Clementine. Aww. Um, this film is filled with dreamy-like sequences. Sequences? You got this. <laughs> dreamy sequences. Se- se- I believe in you. I believe in you. Sequences. I'm saying that <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. Sequences. Not like the little glitter on clothes. <laughs> sequences. Um, that blend together sci-fi romance in a visually complicated package. Oh wow! That's yes. my review. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a pretty. Yeah, I did like it, that. Did it? Did it make you want to call up your ex and rethink that past oh my relationship? God, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to notably start in the very beginning. It has Lily's favorite musician of all time, Beck. Oh my god! Playing the intro. <laughs> oh my god! So one of our listeners went up to me after the episode, the Scott Pilgrim episode. <laughs> And he just, like, looked at me and was like, Lillian, you need Soul to listen name. to Beck. Government name. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I don't know. I just, I can't bring myself to be like, Beck. I can't. Okay. Nacho like Libre. Okay. Did the whole soundtrack. I don't know the soundtrack. Okay. Well, Libre. go back. I've go literally back seen it. the movie once and I fell asleep halfway through it. But I do know, get that cone out of my face. I know that. Yes. But I want you to know more. Okay. Should we review Nacho Libre? <gasps> Nacho. There's no women. There's one woman. Yes, there is. Um, really long name. What's her name? Sister Encarnacion. 
That's her okay, name. Okay, Nacho Libre. Okay. Yes. Okay, write it down, sound guy. Okay, so this movie has a pretty long intro. Yes. Um, full disclosure, when I first watched <laughs> it, I knocked out. She loved it that much, y'all. It's just, I guess, like, you had a really good point. It's like, you're told, like, when you wake up from the procedure that, like, it feels like you have a hangover. Yes. So, obviously, the beginning is, like, really slushy and slow. Yes. And, like, so He's uh, depressed. Yeah. He's like lol at jim carrey's voiceover which is cracking me up because it's so uncharacteristic of who you think is like a very animated loud person Mm -hmm. um but yeah like the beginning i think is like 18 minutes and then you get like the the title in the beginning of the film starts so i guess spoilers the beginning of the film is actually the end right yes so we see clementine and joel kate winslet and Jim Carrey, yes. who are supposedly meeting for the first time at the beach, but we know that they told, once they got their memories erased of each other, they were told to meet back there, and that's where Subconsciously, they, like, told yeah, each other to do that. That they're meeting um, back again, mm-hmm. and seeing, basically, like, knowing all the worst qualities about a person, like, would you still take a chance mm-hmm. to you know, want to start that relationship again. Only knowing, like, going off of your gut feeling, but knowing all of these qualities about them. Like, would right. you, Lily, date a person? Um, like, if you're hearing, you know, the recording of the okay, things that you disliked about to them. To be completely honest, uh-huh. at this point in my life, I don't think I would ever erase anybody from my memory. Word. Yeah, just because it's like, uh, I think... I'm one of those people that's just kind of, like, shitty things happen, and uh-huh. it's, like, I've I've grown from them, mm-hmm. and it's, like, I would hate... I, I, I like the person who I am now, and I know that part of the reason I am the way that I am is because of, like, all the shitty things that have happened to my life, so it's, like, I don't think I would want that taken away. Yeah, you learned lessons from each person you had a relationship with. Exactly, and I think that's why, our, like, movies kind of, like, differentiate from real life, because in the movies shitty things happen and like characters don't always grow from it just kind of like how the writers want to write it but Mm -hmm. in reality it's like every relationship you learn something and i feel like i would hate to learn like to like forget a part of myself essentially i think it depends on the relationship i had with the person Mm -hmm. like you see so the the um i guess the company or the the doctor organization the organization they're called lacuna which is funny a weird name. M- Matata. <laughs> Lacuna Matata. Mm-hmm. Let's go. <laughs> um, they, yeah, so they're responsible for having a new technology that can wipe away memories. And you see some people in the waiting room who have maybe lost someone right. and are grieving so much that that um, they're willing to go through this procedure and, like, essentially take away the pain. Uh-huh. And I, I imagine that that... <sighs> Like, it's such a philosophical question of, like, is that pain worth holding on to even though it's partly good memories but also painful to maintain them? Or would you rather just live life clear knowing that you never had released, like... Yeah, I think it just is, like, it's a situation, a situation, right? I think Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, really lucky to have not been put through something where, like, I feel like I... I would benefit from it being taken away from me. Yeah. But we can't say that for everybody. Question mark, question mark, Right. Question mark. Well, I mean, we were watching it and you were joking with your partner about, <laughs> like, would you would you do it? Oh, yeah. They That's said difficult. yes. <laughs> <laughs> they like, said they would. Re- really quick, too. 
<laughs> I was like, would you, would you erase yourself from me? He's like, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the movie, the movie unfolds itself really over the whole, like you have to sit down and watch the whole course of the movie because you, you get presented. I like that they show you when you're following Joel's memories of Clementine, it's all the shitty parts first. Yes. Because that's how we naturally, when we're, when we broke up with someone, you're going to remember all the things that are really angry and then you're slowly going to unfold the things that you right care about and love about them actually okay that's a perfect way to start talking about this is um i'm gonna start talking about jim carrey's character first only because this movie does revolve around him yeah he's the mostly the narrator yeah he is the narrator here we we see kate uh cat clementine's part Mm -hmm. um sporadically throughout it but the main person we're following is jim carrey and um I can say off the top of it, I don't know why I feel like he is an unreliable narrator. So it's like yeah. while we're seeing all of like the ugly parts of uh, Clementine, I also feel like that's we're seeing that through his hurt. Yes, and like the the whole movie is his reaction and, rea- and retaliation to Clementine. Right. Of the reason why he chose to wipe his memories in the first place. So like all of that is heated and charged with anger. Um, yeah. So we. I mean, we can talk about Kate Winslet, Clementine's yes. character, too, because we've kind of had a back and forth about how how clear were the writers in making her, like, she's truly a manic pixie dream girl. Well, I think she is. I truly believe that she is. I think they address that she's a manic pixie dream girl, yeah. but I think just because you address it doesn't, mean, doesn't make her any less of a manic pixie dream girl. No. I think they wrote it with the intention of making her character that way. Like, they were fully realized of that trope. Because the language and the dialogue is so clear about Jim Carrey saying, I need you to rescue me and save me and you're going to change my world and da 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 da. And she follows by, I'm not here. I'm here to live my life. I'm not here to change any part of yours. Right. And then, but she still stays with him despite all of it. So yeah. it's kind of like, that- but like, like canceling the idea of like, don't treat me as like an image of what you think that I am. Right. I'm, she, her character lays everything out. In the first, you know, interaction that they have, she she's so forward, whereas Joel's character has to slowly undo itself. Right. The movie. I also think with this character is uh, a very interesting thing is brought up, and Jim Carrey actually says this to her, where she's where he's like talking all the time doesn't mean that you're communicating, and mm-hmm. I think that's very very true about characters, in particular like uh, Clementine's character, where. She's just she's talking all the time about the about uh, just like weird parts of her life and like different parts of herself that it could come off like, oh, she's she's like super communicative commun She communicates a lot and she's like very <laughs> yeah. open where it's like in reality, it's like if you talk to people a lot and you like give them just enough to think that you're an open person, you could be very closed off. Yeah. And people wouldn't know because you just choose you pick and choose what you tell them. Yeah, that's perfectly said like she as much as we get to like we see her as like a very hot and cold sporadic character but we never get to really understand why she is that way we don't know what she's gone through we don't know why she is the way that she is on day one of meeting joel and like you said she's very in charge of the her own narrative to make sure you're understanding me in the way that i see fit Mm -hmm. like she's controlling the perception of her right yeah and it's also very interesting to say that like her character is very like i want to do this for myself I, i like very um 
self-oriented where mm-hmm. if you asked me about anything in her background, I couldn't respond to you. So it's like how open is she with her life if I couldn't really tell you anything about herself? Right. Or maybe, like you said, because Joel is not a reliable character, we're seeing he's viewing himself as the main character. Mm-hmm. So like how much is he tuning out or not paying attention to the things that she's saying? Because a lot of the scenes, which I freaking love, are the like the re- the way that they created memories and how... And, like, in your own personal dreams, you know the people and places of where you are, but you have no memory of, like, your environment. Like, right. that's very much this movie. Like, everything is kind of blurred. You you recognize that there's faces and people and books and, and things like that, but you never, like... See exactly yeah, what they are. you're conscious of them. And so I wonder, like, that's how his perception of Clementine is. is like, he's still thinking about himself first and not really turning towards her right so let's talk about the other girl in the yeah there are two there are two goyles in this movie Mm -hmm. two gals two girlies we got mary 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 savannah sub 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 sabor I don't know. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to figure one out but I'm uh kirsten dunn's character who Mm -hmm. she has her um character arc takes a lot of this movie as well for being like a sideline character yes we follow a lot of her story as well so she is a um i guess receptionist yeah Yeah. she works she works in the office of lacuna matata (laughs) and she falls in love with the head director and doctor yes who gives the procedures we well we find out at the yeah oh yeah she has a crush on him throughout all of it yeah she's very flirty very you can tell that she has, like, a relationship. She's trying to impress him. Also, there's a huge freaking age difference. He's, like, a 900-year-old turtle. Yeah, that's not even attractive. No. And also... Uh, I just... Okay, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> you mean you're not into older dudes? Mm, not ones that look like that. <laughs> Think of be her grandpa. I mean, Mark Ruffalo now, I'm still into him. He's, right. He's older. He is. Tom Hiddleston hit, hit me up. Who's that? Loki. Oh. Low-key, I'm not into him. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Can you tell I'm an Avengers fans guy, fan, guys? <laughs> I knew who that was. Be proud. I am proud of you. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, her character, she she realizes at the end of the film that she has already had her memory wiped of mm-hmm. relationships that, the, I guess, have happened over time with the doctor. Yes, an affair. Yeah, what do you, what do you think about her? What are your thoughts? I, I, okay. too many here is my issue with characters like kristen dunn's character Mm -hmm. is that she is put in the story just to cause chaos and nothing else like uh as jim carrey is like trying to wake up and like tell mark ruffalo hey like i don't want my memories wiped anymore Mm -hmm. like she like decides to show up to the apartment and like smoke weed with him and like get drunk and like have sex while they're literally working and like jump on the same bed as like unconscious Jim Carrey Mm -hmm. and like ultimately is like the reason why Mark Ruffalo wasn't paying attention and like why the big doctor had to be brought in who I forgot his name (laughs) I forgot his name the big oh the The big big doctor. doctor I was like the what? No, the big doctor. Excuse me? The main doctor. Um, had to be... What's his name? The actor's name is um, Tom Wilkinson. Well, well with why Tommy had to be brought in. Big T. And um, 
which all led to like you know them kissing and all that shit so it's like yeah so she's the reason why mark ruffalo wasn't like paying attention to his work yeah. and then once she came in she was consistently flirting with the head doctor even though he was like not really reciproc yes. reciprocating it yeah. at first yeah she's definitely much the agent of chaos and exactly and then at the end whenever she her the doctor's wife is like hey like you've had him before and like mm-hmm. tells essentially tells her like she's had her memory wiped she decides to go to send out to all the patients that their memories have been wiped she breached some confidentiality shit oh. and yeah she she were she got all the files of past patients and mailed them a letter with a tape saying this is you you've had your memory lost or you we wiped your memory from this person I, I think you should know. She goes, I think it's unethical. And right. I think you should know. What like, you're doing is unethical. Honestly, because I'm just kind of like. They consented. Yes. It's like everybody that showed up, no, like, knows. Like, they, they walked in knowing that they you were. You know gonna, what it is. Yeah. Nobody was, like, really core. The only person that was really coerced into it was her. Yes. She very much did not want to do it, but felt like that was the only. Why, why didn't she just quit? Go work somewhere else. Have your memory wiped and go. Like, why would you? That's uh, in- Big Dacta's fault. <laughs> I still am caught off guard. Okay. Um, but yeah, she definitely is leading the story into why Clementine and Joel's character figure out that they've had their memories wiped. Mm-hmm. So she's helping push the narrative. Can we talk about disgusting? Ew. I know what you're going to say. Eyeballs, sideburns, soul patch, Elijah Wood. A.K.A. Patrick. <laughs> I hated his character so much. I don't like his face. Period. <laughs> I apologize if you like, if he's in your... Googly he, eyes. Yeah. It's just, it's just like... He has like... His eye color is just like... It makes him stand out. And <laughs> that scares me. And a tiny little mouth. Yeah. I'm not hating on the anatomy of his face. Because like... Whatever, dude. He's um, a creepy guy in here. So I can... I'll hate on him all day, every yeah, day. Yeah, he... Ugh. So can you describe? Okay. Yes. So basically, when Clementine, aka Kate Winslet's character, mm-hmm. goes to get her memory wiped, he falls in love with her while she's like unconscious and like getting her memory wiped, and like sneaks into her drawers and like steals her undies. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I know. And then once she like the next morning when her memory's all wiped, she he goes to where she works to kind of be like, I love you, and like. Like, one, so they were kind of in a relationship at that point, and then by the time Jim Carrey's character comes around and they figure out, like, oh, like, they're, they are they dated and they're trying to, he's trying to erase his memories of her, he steals all of Jim Carrey's, like, possessions of her, letters that he wrote to her, uh, mem- uh, memorabilia. Yeah. He's making himself Joel. Yes, and, like, starts using it on her, which ultimately causes her to, like, have this weird like mental crisis yes where she's kind of like i feel like i'm going crazy like everything you're saying sounding really familiar mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on like i like she's starting to realize that there's like holes in her memory yeah because of him but essentially she's like he, he i mean essentially he took advantage of her yeah, and he's like the situation manipulating her and creating it's like it's disgusting and i i don't know why it just like irked me so much of someone who's playing a false sensitive intuitive guy who's actually just using her yeah and using someone else's material yeah yeah look at the material (laughs) honestly my main thing is kind of like 
I don't know. It just feels like so gross to take advantage of someone. Also, like the idea of like I fell in love with you while you were unconscious is just really gross to me. Yeah, because you didn't. You mean you saw someone who was attractive to you? Exactly. Because she didn't open her mouth. Exactly. And then it's like by the time we meet, like when we see them and they've been together, uh, Clementine and like Elijah Wood, they've been together maybe a week. And he's like, I love you. You're my life. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna do everything for you. It's like, Mm. shut the fuck up. You know, she did the right thing. She said that. Yeah. Oh yeah, when she goes off on it, that was amazing. I know. And I love, not to, we're just jumping around all over this place in this movie. I love the scene where, in order to hide Clementine in his memories of getting erased, he has to go back to his childhood. And I love how they filmed this, like, forced perspective of a child. Like, he is adult Jim Carrey body, but everything is um, sized out yeah. and balanced yes. to him as a child. Also, uh, Kate Winslet in her, like, little 60s yes she's like so cute yeah i'm like i want to do that with my hair i want to do the little flip the little flip out but um yeah i just so (sighs) watching this as now as a 25 year old as a grandma of six um and a a lover of movies (laughs) when i watched this i think i loved it because of like the behavior and the dialogue and like the the forbidden love story of it not working and trying something I really attracted me um, as, as all of these like indie films of like trying to make love work in a certain way. Um, watching this now as an adult, all of the characters felt so like juvenile and like young and immature because mm-hmm. I'm picturing themselves my age now and I'm like, I wouldn't do any of this. Like the way that Kirsten Dunst's character, Mark Ruffalo's character, like they all just seem, I'm like, goofy and i think i'm just like the the way that they speak to each other the way that jim carrey is falling in love i'm just like it feels so young and immature to me that's actually something i've noticed a lot about a lot of 2000s movies yeah and it's very much like but i love her and i'm like okay maybe it has i don't know what 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 is this like maybe like just it's just like that generation of adults just acted that way question mark question mark i don't know it's it's the writing of the characters like okay i think i want a little more depth from them of why they're making their decision also fun fact because uh why not here on the pad peach post fact there was a simpsons episode about this the eternal sunshine movie and it's called um eternal moonshine of the simpson mind oh my god we have to watch it and yeah, analyze we need to watch it. it in, in uh, honor yeah this film Part of it, going back, I was like, I get why this movie was so memorable to me at the time, but now watching it as all, I, I love the way that it's filmed and shot, but I think the characters themselves leave me a little wanting more. No, yes, it, yeah, I especially felt that with um, Clementine's character, mm-hmm. just because it's like, again, she's a manic pixie dream girl, so that's why we want more from her. Yeah. Um, but essentially, I was just kind of... I hate when impulsive characters are written most of the time because I feel like they're not written well. Like it's lazy. Yeah. I feel like uh, writers use uh, try to like use impulsive characters as a way to just kind of like not really explain why characters react certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just flawed in my opinion. Yeah. Because it's like I feel like impulsive people – just because you're impulsive doesn't mean that you don't somewhat think things through or that there is – it doesn't mean that there's no thought process at all. Sure. Okay. I feel like you – I I feel like you can be impulsive and still somewhat think things through. 
you're just like not thinking them through as like often but for for her to when asked uh what did he say there was a conversation when that jim carrey had with um the memory of clementine where he was like well like why'd you do it uh-huh. and she was just like well you know me i'm impulsive and it's like that's that's not like an she, answer there was a, just because you make decisions quickly doesn't mean that there wasn't any thought behind exactly it. and i feel like that would that could have been a really good opportunity right. for characters and for the writer i mean the writers to show that like obviously jim carrey and clementine had a deep connection if they were both able to like find each other after their memories were wiped so for within his memory to have like not had an answer to why she would do that is flawed i think deep down jim carrey would know why she did it right and and there i get frustrated because at the end they're both stuck making a choice of we both know the worst parts of each other we knew that this didn't work ahead of time we knew that we didn't get along are we going to take the chance and it's both like they were more and and uh, in love with the idea of being in love with each other than actually who they were as people, right? Because they they're not actually that all compatible. Like he's very reserved. He's scared. She's quote impulsive. You know, free spirited. Yada yada. Like they technically don't work well. Well, so. something that I notice at the end that might explain why they're gonna work this time around. Is because if you pay attention a little bit, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. when Clementine got her memory uh, erased, I don't know why they wrote her this way, but her impulsiveness kind of like went out the door with it and so did her recklessness, mm-hmm. if you pay attention. Yeah. Because it's like when she, she... becomes more responsible. Exactly. And so you like literally where Jim Carrey's like, oh, well, like she... Uh, what did she say? What did he say? That she like sleeps around and that she drinks and all these things things that he observed obviously yeah. at some point in, in the relationship or perceived, or perceived at yes. least and but be, like there was notions were done for him to perceive it yeah and she's just like oh i'm not like that i'm not like that and mm-hmm. like yeah we see her like not have she's like not as like free-flowing anymore she's not like we don't she's not drinking anymore mm-hmm. she's not doing all these things that we saw in his memories anymore so it's like that's probably like the writer's way of kind of being like like sneakily being like oh she she changed after the procedure yeah maybe there's like a lesson in that of as much as we try to block and remove people from our memory our life like we're still walking away with the impression that they left on us like she's still even though her memory's wiped walked away from the lessons that she learned from being with joel Mm -hmm. which i have a quote from anthony lane who writes for the new yorker who said starting from scratch is a pretty radical place to be like meaning that the film is making the choice to begin again and how, like, powerful that is. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I have no words. I wasn't ready. LOL. Should That's I go with book. another, like, That's... Simpson fact or something? I don't know. Well, this movie <laughs> won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, so it did something right. It was... Okay. For, at the time, think about this, like, we're after Matrix. Mm-hmm. We, um pre-inception pre-black mirror like we get a very cool sci-fi nature that i don't think we've seen in a love that is true i feel like we're just so desensitized at this point to like shit like this because it's like i don't know black mirror just like took it it took some steroids yeah imagine watching this for the first time and never had seen anything yeah that cinematography must have looked amazing Mm -hmm. i mean like i i i think the cinematography is amazing and i love it and visually it's i it's a it's a nice little like mind fuck yeah but um I'm also kind of like, we've seen it. 
Like, <laughs> but at the time, yeah. yeah. But at the time, the revolutionary shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any final thoughts or mm-hmm. would you recommend this movie to a friend? Would you watch this again? Uh, you can say no. I would. Okay. I probably would watch it again just to see, like, maybe I just, like, missed it. Like, maybe I just, like... Watch it in one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, like, I just, like, I need to be in the right mindset for it. I want to give it another chance just because it's, like, I do think it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. But, like, again, like, I'm a really big believer that, like, a movie can be good and you cannot like it. And uh, the same way a movie could be really bad and you not like it. And you you love it. You know what I mean? Like, I love bad movies. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's a little... The tone is a little bit too serious with me. Also, yeah. the other thing, and something we mentioned, the fucking music just, like, doesn't oh. line up with, like, what's happening. It's it's almost distracting. Yeah, it was, like... It's, like, it... Halfway... Like, in certain parts, especially when they're talking to each other, uh-huh. um, Jim Carrey and Clementine, uh, Kate Winslet, I'm sorry, um, they kind of put, like, rom-com, like, fairy yeah. music. Mm-hmm. So, I don't... I don't get it. I don't I, like it. I'm I'm just gonna chalk it up to the the, the directors being self aware and trying to uh, exude a feeling that you're supposed to feel even though it doesn't make sense. Yeah. See, I'm not always a fan of like the music being used to like kind of help. Yeah. The make viewer. it obvious. Yeah. Help the. Let viewer. me decide. Yeah. How I feel about this. exactly. There's certain times where I'm like, this is great and I love it, but uh-huh. in this part particular situation is just like like you said it was distracting it was just like it made me feel yeah. weird it my ears perked up so i was like hmm that's funny it doesn't exactly match but i mean i young car salad was fully deep t- dived into the uh moody indie love stories early 2000s mm-hmm. like if it's not shot on a foggy beach was i watching it i don't know no, um, I, th- I feel like if I'd seen it in high school, I probably would have been obsessed with this movie, yes. too. I mean, I love Twilight, you know, like... Killer soundtrack. Honestly. <laughs> um, oh, we didn't mention this. Where can people watch this movie? Where did you watch this movie? Okay, I watched this movie on YouTube. Oh, cool. I think, honestly, renting movies on YouTube is pretty underrated in my book. I mean, it's the same price as other places. Exactly. So might as well. Um, I think I watched it on Amazon Prime and I had I to pay a couple dollars. I didn't pay for it. A friend did. Oh no, I I, I had to, I had to pay for it. We go. I wasn't <laughs> watching it at my house and I was like, hee hee, I'll Venmo you. Just sneak it. And I didn't. It's, okay. um, it's, it's like three dollars. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. If you have three whole dollars to spend, check mm-hmm. it out. If or you've never seen this, head on over to your local movie trading company. Yes, go purchase it. Maybe there's like some cool director cuts or something that yes are I, in it. I love bonus features. I think they're amazing. Yeah, go break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend and then get back together with them and then watch this film. Honestly, if you're trying to like not break up with your boyfriend and or girlfriend, this is a, this is a good one to like make you be like, wow, I love them. And or if you want to just cry do it mm-hmm. i didn't i did not cry at the end of this so i'm i normally am, i cry at movies and this yeah. one i was just like me yeah, yeah 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 i feel you okay we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back in with our bechdel test and our run peach score so go um braid your mom's hair we'll be back and we are back. back. What's up? Um, I'm ready for this next part. I'm super curious how this movie's gonna do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I wonder if it'll nervous? make it. I, yeah, because it's like I don't think it'll make it into the Rotten Peaches Hall of Fame. I, you know, I've been wrong. 
a plenty right. of times where I thought it was going to, and then it absolutely did not. Yeah. So my peach is clenched. Maybe. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do it. By peach, I mean butt, everyone. Right. Um, what else would a... I don't want to know. My I, eyes. I, my eyes are clenched. <laughs> I don't know. Peach merch coming out soon. <gasps> Wait. Would y'all... Would y'all be down for peach merch? Would y'all buy me peach merch? Um, okay, write that we down. We got three buyers right here. One, two, three. One, two, three. I will absolutely buy them. Or maybe like peach stickers. Oh my god, yeah. We can start off with I wanna, the badge. I want to like vandalize the whole city with just like peach stickers yes. so everybody can listen. Get in there. We're not from Georgia, but. Um, <laughs> we okay. peachin'. But we peachin'. Okay. So we're going to do the Bechtel test. Can you let our listeners know a little bit about that thing? Yes, guys. So the Bechtel test. For anybody who doesn't know, it's also called the Bechtel-Wallace test, and it's created by feminist cartoonist Alison Bechtel in 1985. And it measures whether a form of media has at least two women-identifying characters who speak to each other about something other than a man. That's right. Um, this movie, I was, I was thinking about the scenes where there's not a lot of women talking we have Kate Winslet, who speaks with Joel's mom, but it's about Joel. Yes. And then we have Kate, nope, Kirsten Dunst, Mary, who speaks with the doctor's wife, mm-hmm. and it's about the doctor. Yes. So this, the, there's not a lot of women in this character, I mean, in this movie yeah. to begin with, and they don't really interact with each other. No. So it's going to get a fail. Yeah. I don't think it passes. At least yeah. not enough. That it was significant for us to think of a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let it be known that this podcast was once going to be named, I don't know, in the ideas, Bechtel with the good hair. Oh my god, I just yeah. want it to be known. Um, yeah, we had a lot of, at the beginning of the podcast, we had a lot, we wanted a lot of Bechtel. Yes. Oriented, what, Bechtel broads. Bechtel broads. Yeah, was we, another one. we decided to skirt from Becky and yeah. have our own little. I'm glad we did peachy moment Me too. i love the peaches okay so obviously what a crazy not in-depth view of this movie we feel like we need to do more and figure out how we feel about it so we're gonna start with our rotten peaches test score yes it's a 10 part mm-hmm. series score test 10 thingy. part series Stay tuned. <laughs> it's a 10 part test uh each one more rigorous than the last uh-huh okay <laughs> Okay, do you want to start with number one? Yes, I will. So number one, did a woman character get her own narrative arc and story that doesn't support a man's? Uh, Mm. Is she a prop or does she have her own narrative? I think this is a fail. Yes. Just, yeah. Yeah, just because um, Kate Winslet's character, a.k.a. Clementine, tries consistently to like do her own thing and have her own life. Yeah, well, but I mean, she can't really, and it's the product of like them talking. I mean, she, arguing. She, she, her character is providing a change for Joel, like mm-hmm. uh, pushing his storyline. But also think about like what a character arc is, where she something is she's happening and going through it, and then she's ultimately changed at the end. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there was a significant enough story for her that her she was a different character than we first met her? Not really. All right. I think, look, I think she has an arc because she just happens to be going through the same thing Mm. that Joel is going. But, like, for us, she doesn't have, like, her own that we see and that we, like, are able to talk about as much as, like, Joel's, for example. Yeah. We see, we get the glimpses of his childhood and background and 
uh, rumors of his ex. And and the majority of her screen time is through Joel's memories of her. It's not even like her her being herself. Right. And we better understand why Joel's making his decisions than Clementine. So I agree with you. Okay. (laughs) A long-winded way to say um, fail. Number two. Number two, minority characters must have fully realized lives with their own desires, not just to serve as background characters for a white plotline. This is a white movie. <laughs> so Pretty freaking white. It's a pretty white movie, so yeah. we're going to get a Like the most um, maybe spicy person is Mark Ruffalo, and he's uh, pretty white. So is he, is he not white? I don't know. He's pretty like ambiguous looking. Yeah. Okay. Actually, let's talk about number two. Okay, jump in. This no second question. Um, in the last uh, episode that we did for the Quiet Place, a Quiet uh-huh. Place, uh, we gave half points yes. to to the movie because it the minority character that was involved is just it was somebody with a disability and um, deaf. Yeah. So we did half points for that, and someone told us that like uh, that. They, they, they brought it to our attention that maybe viewing minority characters, um, especially having a disability, maybe necessarily wasn't true to the whole story of that person or or could be seen as invalidating um, because we only gave them a half point. Yes. There you go. That's the way to say yeah. it. It, it, it kind of <laughs> sounded like we were invalidating disability characters with disabilities because we're as, giving them half points as minority characters. Yeah. When, when we in this particular podcast and with this particular question Mm -hmm. we are talking about minority characters of color this uh, this uh, question was taken by the duvernay test which uh she is a black director and so we just want to be clear about who this question is for and you know where it's coming from because we're talking about background characters for white plot lines so when we were talking about that movie um we want to show, I guess, the intersection of though you may have a disability, you also are still a white person. And we visibly see, I think, white disabled characters a lot more in films than we do people of color, specifically black characters with disabilities. And so we just wanted to make a point that this question, we are expanding the definition of minority, but it's still um, specifically about analyzing against white characters. Yes. Yeah, we it's, we hope that makes sense. Yeah, we wanted we, some clarity because we didn't want it to be like, well, they don't get a full point. Like, disability doesn't count as much. Yeah, it has less to do with the fact that she has a disability and more to do with the fact that she is a white character, mm-hmm. a, a white actress. I mean, and so she just right off the top of her head, sadly because of the color of her skin, she's given more opportunities than maybe other yes people actors would. So we were glad that that got brought to our attention because we hope that. We want to be as clear as possible about our scoring and what we mean by our words. So if you ever have a question, um, shoot us in our DMs and we would love to clarify and if it makes sense or if it's a moment that it's RB and we need to change our language or, you know, address something, we'll we'll correct that. Yes, so. please always feel free to let us know. We... <laughs> yeah, we're not experts, y'all. Yes. Uh, I actually, another... Um, suggestion that we were given once that i didn't bring up on the podcast is we used to have a, a uh 
transition sound between the uh, breaks. Mm-hmm. And someone once was like, you gave me a heart attack. It was too loud. So <laughs> I took it out. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Like just because we don't always like say the suggestions on the podcast, like doesn't mean that we're listening. Yeah, we're, we're not listening. Fine tuning every episode. Yes. So thank you so much for the people that are giving us feedback. You are the reason our podcast is slowly getting better. Yes, sir. But okay. With that being said, let's move on to number three. Oh, wait, did we answer it? Yes, we gave it an F. An F, yes. Okay, cool. Um, number three. Can the leading woman character be swapped with the leading man with little to no edits and the narrative still makes sense? I think it passes. I don't, from your face, I don't think you... I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, because they're so intertwined with narratives that I think if Clementine had the qualities of Joel and Joel had the qualities of Clementine, it could work. Exactly. There's not much... Again, the whole manic pixie dream girl thing. A guy can be a manic pixie. I want to see it. Yeah, he 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 could do it. He could. Where has that happened? That that has happened. Remember that was in um, Mean Girls. Right, 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 right. Adam Samuels. What's his name? (laughs) (laughs) We've never gotten it right. It's Aaron Samuels. Damn it. Okay, but yeah, he was kind of like a character, like like a side character that just is kind of there to push the plot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would like to see that movie. Switch it up. Yeah. I think maybe we would shed from the manic pics because we get to understand who she actually is. We get more background on her. Right. Might be a better movie. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. Number oh. four. Are women identifying characters sexualized without contributing to the plot that includes the sexualization of underaged characters? I don't think we needed to see Kirsten Dunst having sex with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. She was dancing in her underwear. We got some, like crotch scenes of kate winslet we got some naked oh, mark ruffalo butt crack mark ruffalo butt crack i appreciate that should that. be his new name <laughs> mark ruffalo butt crack one word i mean i wasn't mad about it but mm. it did not contribute to the plot and he's also <laughs> it not contributed a wo- to your plot <laughs> he's also not a woman identifying character as far as we know <laughs> fingers crossed um what do you think i give it a fail just okay. because uh, there are sex like it's there's some sex scenes that i think make sense like for example the scene where uh jim carrey and kate winslet are like naked under the blanket and she's mm-hmm. like talking to him about like how she feels like ugly and stuff like that like i feel like that's a very real conversation that could be had mm-hmm. but um princeton dunn's jumping around in her underwear next to the unconscious guy that they're supposed to be erasing their memories yeah. i don't think i need to see and we that. see her body a lot yes like, we could have gotten the idea that they had a relationship without maybe that scene. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah, she was just sexualized, and we didn't need that. So Right. Okay. That little F. Wow, this is not going well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Number five. Uh, does a woman identifying character have a conversation that doesn't resolve, revolve around a man, appearances, her social status, or family obligations? Uh, I think this is an F. Well, let's think about Clementine. I guess in the beginning, when no, because when she's first meeting, uh, well, quote meeting because it's like they're technically re meeting themselves. Um, she talks about she talks about her hair. Mm-hmm. She talked about was it right? I I don't. See, the thing is, if I'm not immediately getting something, that usually is a gut feeling that it's probably an F. Because I'm I'm really just thinking about all the scenes that she's talking about, how she looks, how she acts because of Joel. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, all of her conversations just kind of are in reaction to, like, her relationship to Joel. Mm-hmm. And not really anything else. I agree. Okay, so we're going to give it an F. <laughs> we're not. Oh, good my God. Uh, <laughs> next one, Lily. Moving on. Number six. If there's more than one woman identifying character, are they in competition with each other, hate each other, or manipulating each other? The wife and... Yeah. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. It should be, in reality, it should be Kate Winston's character versus another woman because she is a leading woman. Mm-hmm. But because she doesn't talk to anybody, it's, True. it has to be, like, passed down to Kirsten Dunst. And, yeah, she, she's literally in competition with her and hates each other. Yeah, they hate it. Well... It's one-sided, but only because Kirsten Dunst doesn't know about it. Right. So fail. Dang, y'all. Okay, this might go into the Ron Peaches Hall of Fame for worst score. Honestly. <laughs> okay, next one. Um, if there's a woman who has a job or a task important to the plot, is she successful at it and does not drop it for love? No woman has a job important to the tasks. What Kate has Winslow? a job important to the plot? Um, she works at Barnes & Noble. I don't think that contributes to the plot. <laughs> it's a meeting place for them but or it contributes to the fact that like um that's where joel uh realizes that she has had her memory wiped before him because she pretends that she doesn't know him, or she acts as if she doesn't know him well she's not acting she genuinely didn't know him right, at right, that right. point um i mean but i don't think with this one it's like a job important to the plot for example would be like how could i explain it like it, it has to contribute to the plot like a, a task or job directly contributing like to the plot it can't just be like a, yeah it can't just be like a job that she happens to have okay because i feel like part of like the manic pixie dream girl is that she like works in a bookstore versus like a like a agency or like a law firm or something like that sure. you know what i mean and uh if we also talk about kirsten dunst Left her job for love. <laughs> yes, she did. So there's a, a lot of Fs. A lot F. of Fs. Okay, next one. Uh, number eight. Does the does the film contain an identifiable LGBTQ plus character who is more than just her sexual orientation or gender identity and is tied into the plot in a way that their removal would have a significant effect? I can't think of a single one. I don't think there was any. Not even like a minor character that was queer no which i feel like this movie maybe would and not that i noticed yeah you're telling me tobias fiunke and (laughs) what's her butt they were in a relationship mark ruffalo the doctor yeah or like clementine would have probably had like a i imagine she would have had like a gay friend maybe that wouldn't be like we didn't see her life yeah we we didn't see her life so big old f F, F, F. Okay. Number nine. Are the women characters shot using the male gaze? <laughs> yes, they are. Fail. Partially, yes. Fail. In certain scenes, yes. Yes. All right. Let's wrap it up for the sad, sad score. The big old ten. Did a woman identifying person contribute to the creation and or production of the film at an executive level? They sure uh, did. We have a pass, right? There is a production coordinator, Erica Kay. Miss Erica. And then there's also a location manager, Gail Von Groff. You got it. Ski. Van Grofsky. Yes. Gail. 
Gail Van She's 100 years old. I know. Okay. Well, half C's. And we do half points because remember, if it's a director, producer, or writer, you get a full point. If it's a department head or composer or like something that you're part of the hustle but you're but not, your name's not on the marquee yeah you you don't get it right you don't get it so um we're gonna give them a, a nice little half point oh man this is not gonna be hard math because there's not a lot of passes oh my god okay so the rotten peaches <laughs> score is a oh my god 1.5 <laughs> out of 10 let's it, go it is baby. currently our lowest Rotten Peaches score. Reigning champion. Right? Of the um, worst one. Weirdly enough, I briefly did, like, some research on this, and it was, like, why every woman should watch uh, this movie before the year. Yeah, it was, like, urging women to watch this um, movie, so. I urge every woman to listen to this podcast. Mm. Okay, everybody. Yes, please. So, um, what movie <laughs> are we doing next week, Karina? Okay, y'all. I hope everyone's sitting down. And if you're standing up, I need you to sit down. If you're driving, I need you to pull over. Real quick. We are having our first ever remote podcast. Yes. We're, we're going to re- re- record remotely. Yes. Um, Lily, <laughs> the buildup is worth it. We're doing Shrek 2. Not the first one. No. The second one. We know the first one. We're the, talking about number two. The iconic Shrek 2. Shift our culture in a positive direction yes. shrek 2 yes cultural icon puss and donkey y'all shrek 2 yes prince charming fairy godmother shrek 2 yes 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 king as a frog shrek 2 <laughs> julie andrews shrek 2 your favorite cameron diaz shrek 2 yes that's the one we're watching yes don't get it twisted it's on Hulu for free. Check it out before our podcast starts. Watch it. And or go to your local movie oh, training right, right, company. Right, right. Also support. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen this movie, don't talk to me. Honestly. Um, we, I don't want to know you. We will not be giving a synopsis. You, you <laughs> must. We're just, oh, sorry, sound guys, ears rip. Um, that's hilarious. No, we're not. We're jumping in straight. We're jumping in because if you don't know it. You better know it. You better know it. I'm so excited. What a fun one to do. We're going to take it chill, but also way too serious. Yes. Yes. I want to go really, really, really intense with it. Mm-hmm. Hyperanalyze everything. Yeah. I might like enroll in a community college film course, course just, just for this movie. Yes, we will. We will. We're going to analyze s- scenes, shots, dialogue, looks, glances. Animation. Animation styles. Soundtracks. Everything. We're doing everything. Dialogue. I'm ready. And more importantly, the women in it. Yeah, because we've got part-time ogre Fiona in it. Mm-hmm. And the evil fairy godmother. So I'm super excited. Uh, you may stand up now. Um, but this was a fun episode. It was a little serious, moody, moody one. But yes. we got through it. I hope you guys checked it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so excited for next week. Yes. Uh, so that's it for us, guys. We, fi- we did the eternal sunshine of a spotless mind Mm -hmm. and we we'll see you next week we'll see ya bye rotten peaches is produced by karina salas lilian ciflalik and jorge hinojosa our theme song was created by sordelo and our artwork was created by lilian ciflalik peaches don't forget to follow us on instagram at rotten peaches pod and follow our email at rottenpeachespod at gmail.com you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever else you listen to your favorite shows Tune in every single freaking Tuesday. 
for a new episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>